0: Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. All right. Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. So go to texasrealfood.com and you can see all through Texas, different places that are offering uh, artisanal, organic, all natural products, basically. Any restaurants, bars, breweries, you know, farmers markets, butcher shops, bakeries, you know, things like that. It's a great site brings all natural options all together. All right, let's get started on this episode. Okay, so we're continuing with the Lone Star lockdown, if you will, um, and today's guest is Joel Paprocki. Um, Joel is actually an old friend uh, that I went to high school with. Uh, he's a year or two younger than me. Um, actually went to uh, high school with his older brother as well. Um, we were in the same grade. Anyway, so Joel and I go way back, um, and it was great to bring him on to talk about what's happening in the industry, you know, with the virus right now. And Joel runs a he owns a insurance uh, company that deals, um, you know, I think ninety five percent of his business probably or ninety percent is just all food related. So he helps insure restaurants and food trucks and mobile vendors and bars and you know, all the different things that they need to do, in um, CPG companies, um, you know, all kinds of different stuff. And he also recently, along with his wife, uh, they purchased um, uh, Capital Kitchens, which is a, a commercial kitchen uh, here in Austin that has two locations. So, um, yeah, they're doing a lot. They do a lot for the industry and just wanted to get Joel's perspective on things and how things are going and look at it from an insurance angle, you know, because so many people wanted to, I'm sure, claim the virus on their insurance for what happened. Um, so we just kind of deep dive into that a little bit of, of what, how that can work out. So um, great conversation, great time, a lot of laughs. So here's Joel Paparaki with InsureMyFood.com and of Capital Kitchen's. Take a listen. Enjoy. Picture looks good. Okay. Yeah. Audio's great. Sound good. Well, so here, so the, the
1: camera's working. I don't have a, like, I have my headset. This is not on right now. It's going through the camera. Microphone. Oh.
0: <laughs> I have several other options, though. No, no. that I hear you just fine, man. That sounds okay, great. That, that sounds is. great. You know, you could just have that on as like just, you know, prop. No, I'm kidding. You don't have to. <laughs> I, I also have this
1: thing. I can just hold this up the whole yeah. time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got like a cockpit helmet, just like yeah. F-18. Okay, Patrick, I hear you. Loud and clear. Um, well, good, man. Good to see you, Joel. Dude, how crazy is this?
1: I know. This is, this is crazy times.
0: <laughs> this is crazy time, dude. And I haven't seen you in really forever right i mean i've talked yeah. to you obviously we've been talking to each other for years since i moved to austin but um i haven't even been it's crazy that i haven't seen you this whole time that i've been here in austin i, I feel like such an asshole yeah uh, to well, be honest with you yeah you I, I don't get out very often i got
1: two two kids so i'm always
0: <laughs> you're, you're always at home I'm
1: always at home i'm not
0: going yeah. out yeah I, I mean me neither man to be honest with you um especially when i first moved here and i had bokeh and things i mean what, what, what was a life? I didn't know what a life was. I had yeah. no idea, you know, of getting out and seeing people. Um, I, I barely saw my wife at the time, much less uh, anybody else. So, yeah, man, you, you work really hard. You know, you do a lot of things. Um, so it's understandable. Um, yeah. So look, dude, we're obviously in this crazy time right now, right? Like we're dealing with some <laughs> global pandemic. And I only chuckle because it's so ludicrous, right? It, it's just so, I just don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you. Every day that I get up and every night when I go to sleep, I think about it, how crazy the situation is. When I'm living day to day, just during the day, I just try to think of it as a normal day. You know, don't, don't try to overthink things too much. Um, but it definitely hits me um, in the mornings and at night, you know, what sort of crazy situation we're in, man. So what do you think about everything that's, that's happening right now, man?
1: Well, I think, I think it's crazy. You know, my heart goes out to the people on the front lines and everyone keeping, keeping us going thus yeah. far. Um, and then from like a more personal perspective, it's kind of like you, uh, you know, business planning used to be, you know, quarterly, you know, yearly, three years. Now it's 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> yeah, You just got to figure out the next 24 hours because everything's so fluid, it's changing. And yeah. um, you know, it's hard to predict where this is going to end up. We, we know, you know, we're going to get through it. You know, but it's just, you know, when is it, what does it look like is all so unknown still.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. That's the worst part, really, I think, is just not knowing, you know, when it is going to end. Like if we had a date, for instance, like July 12th, and we just knew from that day forward, things will be normal, right? We, honestly, you could plan a, a lot, you know, to that point. You, you kind of know where the finish line is, right? So you know how to pace yourself and and this, that, and the other. But because we don't know where the finish line is, it's really hard to to know what to do. And um, you know, yeah, that that makes it even more frustrating. So, what is like, what have you been doing at home for quarantine, for instance?
1: Uh, For work or for uh, both? Both. Yeah. So um, for work, it's it's not too difficult in my line of work to work remotely, and I'm already about once a week. I was already working remotely, so it's been a easy transition um, for that as far as being able to do my job but of course the uh, the needs of the clients are drastically different now than they were you know a few weeks ago so spending a lot of time um just kind of because i talked to so many people across the country about different food businesses trying to share what's working in some areas what you know trying to keep people positive and think of ideas and solutions and ways to pivot um, as well as you know reviewing their insurance and ways we can defer payments or can we um you know lower coverage or do we need to add coverage because they're doing delivery so just really a lot of you know account overviews and um just kind of making sure people uh, have have the coverages they need or don't need during this time and then personally at home um we have two kids a seven-year-old and a four-year-old and so they are doing some remote schooling a seven-year-old but um You'll probably hear him in the background at some point. Four-year-old <laughs> doesn't have any schoolings. <laughs> She's yeah. been around causing distractions. So, uh, and then we just try to stay active, you know, keep eating healthy, stay active, you know, keep keep distance and um, do things like these Zoom meetings with friends and stuff. So,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, what else can you do, right? It's, um, yeah, I guess for your job, it it is it does make it. It's not as bad to work um, remotely. Well, well, let's um, let's talk about some of these um clients and stuff that you're talking about obviously not getting into too many details um they you know that that stuff's private but i'm more curious like did you know you're you're in the insurance business dude were people like immediately like i need to claim the virus you know for loss of sales were you just thinking oh my god everyone's gonna come after me now you know that would have been my first thought
1: yeah, well, so the, the whole virus pandemic is not something that surprised the insurance carriers. I mean, it's been, insurance is very old. Many pandemics have come and gone. Um, and it's one of those things that you, you can't insure. insure. Insurance is supposed to spread the risk across many, and then one person suffers a loss. This affects everyone. So the, oh, this acts of shit. war, uh, nuclear disasters are all standard exclusions in an insurance policy. Um, so, you know, I, I would love to be the hero, is, is the hard yeah. part of it. And be like, here comes insurance to save the <laughs> sure, day. Sure. So, that part is a struggle. And, you know, and then communicating that, you know, this isn't like the insurance companies found a way out of this. It's just literally impossible to insure. And to put it in perspective, the total uh, premium collected for property casualty, which is property and liability, is, and this includes home and auto insurance, is about $700 uh, billion. And obviously, so the $700 billion and then the losses we're talking about economy wise, you know, we're talking trillions, one, two, yeah. three billion in the world. end? so it, it's literally impossible thing to insure against when it affects everyone like this. So, um, that, that part's been a little, you know, I wish you could do more on the insurance sure. side. Now, having said that, I mean, there are still people pushing forward with insurance claims and thinking, well, you know, could this be, can a virus could be considered a, a physical damage, loss like you know something happened and so interesting it's a it's a it's a weak argument um, sure it has been tested prior and then also um that uh, you know if, if the virus affects something well how do you fix it well you clean it up so it's you fixed it you know even um. though people can't get your business but if you're looking at it from a physical loss standpoint i like see the, the physical loss is that the virus is on something that damaged it well fix it you wipe it off and it's done so I, I never would uh, discourage people from making claims if they have, you know, whatever, you never want to do that. You're not the adjuster. Um, at the same time, I would want to give people false hope that, you know, there's going to be sure. insurance companies going to come to the rescue, basically. Yeah.
0: Ha- has anyone been like super pissed, you know, just like, oh my God, you know, like it's your fault, you know, because I know times like these, uh, that, that sort of thing happens. I mean, to be honest. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of a finger pointing, um, not from any of my clients. Uh, yeah. I've seen it more from like the general public, you know, the social media's of the world have a lot of that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Kind
1: of explain it, most people kind of get it. Well, you know, how would you insure against something like this? And so,
0: yeah, you're right. Um, I, I never thought about it that way. To be honest with you, um, as far as like the whole, it affects everybody. So, how can you really insure against that? Yeah, it makes total sense. But I never thought about that because um, yeah. as a normal person with insurance, you just think you know, something went wrong. That's what I have this insurance for. But you're right. Like, like South by right, they had the same problem. Their insurance did not cover the pandemic. And I didn't understand that at the time. Like, why wouldn't that be covered in it? But you just explained it. How could you cover that? Right. So how could they have that for for that festival and the money that they lost for, you know, for for that? Right. Because there's no way they could have claimed against that, right? Any festival, I guess, or any event. So I guess insurance is really just out of the loop on the, out on the game of this, right? On the virus? All yeah. the insurance, just period, just across the board.
1: They're going to pay if you get sick, but from the property and casualty standpoint, you know, the, you know for a business, yes, that's correct. Now there are, there are other angles to think about, like, you know, what about workers' comps? So if my employee gets sick from covid you know, normally, oh, um, that's interesting. Get,
0: you know, yeah. Okay. Someone gets
1: the flu, they go home and they don't sue the business. In this yeah. situation would be different, you know. So if they're on the front lines working, thinking like the healthcare or um, people working at HEB, et cetera, and they get sick, then they potentially would have uh, some claim there. So that's new territory, but there's definitely an angle of
0: conversation that seems like new territory that we would be getting into like now, like this week and the next week. Uh, right. like I recently just saw, I think I read yesterday. So today is Monday, the fifth, right? Or the sixth, today the sixth, right? And this episode will come out on Wednesday. So it'll be the eighth by then. So I read yesterday, I believe that the very first H-E-B employee tested positive, um, on the H-E-B, uh, in Austin on, um, East Riverside, yeah. uh, the HB plus over there. I don't know if you read that as well. So, so basically, you know, is that what's going to happen? Do you think like maybe employees are going to start to feel like, cause I'm, I'm hearing rumblings of that in some Facebook groups that I'm in, in the ser- for service industry where people are complaining about, you know, the way things are set up at the job that they're going to, right. To the, they don't feel the safety is, is there for them to be still working during this time and how other people are off of work, safe at home, collecting unemployment. Right. So they're like, is, is this worth it for me to be up here working, you know? Right. So that's interesting. I I don't know. So do you think, I mean, is that, I guess people could make claims like that. Um, you know, would that HEB employee have some sort of justification
1: I believe so. And it you know, it's untested, but there's definitely an, an angle there that seems pretty pretty solid if, if they wanted to make a claim. Yeah. I, I mean, really we're talking lost wages, we're talking, you know, potentially injuries if they got, you know, really, really sick. But totally. if most of the, you know, the employers in these fields that are very busy and have frontline are, you know, either paying them more to help with, you know, compensate for the extra risk. Um, and then also if they do, they're more than happy to pay them when they're not working, if they did get sick. So I don't see it being a huge thing, but there's definitely, that's an angle of insurance coverage that would, would apply as workers comp. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it almost makes sense that, you know, we'd start to see cases spreading out at some of these businesses. It just makes sense that, that people are going to start getting it working at some of these places, you know, Amazon warehouse, the first HEB employee, um, you know Walmart. You know all these places. It just seems like eventually people working there are gonna get this thing. You know, in different restaurants. Um, I posted an article recently about, you know, and it makes me sad to even say it, but restaurant. It was an article about big restaurant groups that were closing, regardless because they just didn't feel it was safe to even be open. You know, regardless if even if they take all the measures to ensure that you know safety protocol and this and that health health wise that there's still customers that are approaching you that aren't taking those precautions that could just get you sick immediately, you know? So it may be sad, but that they're closing all these restaurants down and it makes me think, is that the best decision? You know, do we need to think of the bigger picture? You know, do we need to, you know, make it, I I realize that they're considered essential, but I don't want them to become expendable. You know, and I hate that it's like, oh, well, we need you in the grocery store working, you know, but you could lose your life at this point doing that. Do we really need you boxing tomatoes that bad? You know, like, do we really need someone restocking SpaghettiOs so that this person doesn't die? Like, it's a a tough balance. It's almost like, should it go straight delivery? You know, I don't know, man. What do you think about all that?
1: Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think more now than ever, we realize how much we all depend on each other. That's Ooh. you know
0: yes. a great lesson yes. to take
1: from this yes. horrible experience um, and appreciate each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's, I think it's got to come down to each individual's situation. Um, and you know, are they young and healthy? Do they have some type of pre-existing condition? Does their spouse? Does their you know if they're taking care of their elderly parents or whatever it may be? Um, to take that into consideration. Um,
0: that makes sense. You know, I think it all just comes
1: down to uh you know risk management. Just,
0: you have that insurance mind. I love yeah. it how I think. That's how you think. You break everything down like that, right? Like right. I love that. I love that. Yeah,
1: that's great. And then that made you made me think of it earlier too, when you were talking about um, you know if if you know if people um, shut down their business or have business risk or if they're you know. COVID's not covered. And so they don't have any loss of income. Um, but, you know, just in general, life's risky, you know, no matter what we do. that's and true. so, and there's only so much you can transfer to insurance companies. And especially as entrepreneurs, you have, you know, is, am I going to invest in this, you know, this gig or go to this event or, um, you know, buy a bigger, you know, double size of my restaurant chain or whatever it may be. You always have these risks. And so it's just a matter of, Manage them the best we can. And then what you can transfer with insurance, then you know, you make that decision do I want to retain this risk or do I want to transfer it? But you never get rid of all your risk.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a tough business to be in, man, because people just kind of like probably want to throw everything at insurance. You know what I mean? Just everything. Just uh, you must get, I, I could just imagine that it'd be, it'd be, it could be a very frustrating industry um, to be in. And on top of that, you, you mainly deal with um restaurant and food uh industry right or is that all you deal with
1: yeah that's primarily what i deal with yeah so uh, you know i'd say 80 percent is food yeah and that's what i focus on and then just through other means of, you know ensure other like office parks and things like that so
0: oh okay okay so you'll fold in other businesses
1: yeah yeah the you mentioned complexes
0: you mentioned earlier that some of the businesses were getting recently that they were getting like delivery insurance. So I didn't realize that was a thing. So I guess some of these restaurants and bars that are doing this takeout and delivery may not have that insurance for that. Right. So they're probably doing this without that insurance. Right. That's tough.
1: They're using their personal vehicles and, you know, driving. So if they get in an accident their personal auto policy uh, doesn't
0: cover business, right? Is that the deal? Well,
1: it, it actually does because the business language in a personal auto policy is is pretty narrow. They don't want you basically delivering, uh, you know, for a fee. So basically, if you hired me and said, "Hey, will you deliver this food for my business?" They're not an employee. They're just someone else that says, "Hey, you can hire me and I'll deliver things." That's excluded. It's called liver liver li- li- livery. I think that's how you say that word. (laughs) And then um, one operating like a cab driver. So, you know, you Uber people, those are all suited. That's really where the business exclusion is. And the asterisk there is, you know, always got to check, but that's kind of the way the standard policy is worded. So if your employees are driving, they're an employee, and your boss says, hey, go deliver this food, you're not doing that for a fee. You're just doing that as part of your job. So there's no exclusion for that. And if you get in an accident, your personal auto policy will respond, but the business is still on the hook too, just from the association of them doing something for the the business when they got in the accident. Got
0: it. So there's a coverage
1: uh, that's called um, non-owned auto that you can have so that you're covered when your business gets dragged into a situation like that.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, hey, businesses, if you hear this, you know, you may, I bet some businesses don't even think about that. Maybe it's not even something they I didn't know that. Like, I, I had no idea. I would have never, honestly, thought that. Yeah,
1: um, we don't. Ex- we we reached out to the customers um, to make sure that you know the ones that are doing it know that.
0: So yeah, right on, right on. Yeah, because again, probably a lot of these. I know a lot of these restaurants were not set up for delivery or even takeout, you know, before, and now all of a sudden they're having to adjust, right, and make. I mean, Uchi's doing delivery. What? You know, it's, it's so strange yeah. um, to, to get that kind of food uh, delivered. Uh, but I guess what they're doing, what I, what one of my friends told me, who's a chef up in Dallas, um, told me some of their stuff is you, you, you sort of make it at home. So it doesn't come ready to eat. You have to sort of piece together the final, you know, things so that it's, you know, fresh and, and ready, which is actually the bet would be the best way to do that. Um, yeah. So.
1: I've heard, uh, like easy tiger, I think is doing that with their bread. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. You're right. Yes. You can make the bread, um, at home. Right. I, I think some of these ideas will stick in the industry when this is all said and done, you yeah. know, I, I really do. Um, like for instance, um, the episode that for or the podcast that came out today, um, I spoke with Sam Lash and you may know him. He's the, uh, fou- co-founder of uh, farm to table, so they deliver to all the best restaurants in, um, Austin, right. Houston, Dallas for all the farms. Um, and they didn't do public delivery, but now they do. And he's like, we're going to stick with it when this is all said and done. Like we're going to keep home delivery for, you know, me or you could get a box of fresh farm food from them now, you know, and they're going to stick with that. So that's kind of cool you know that some of these things may stick with um the restaurants people that did delivery that wouldn't think about it before but now they found a way to do it um i've seen like the you've probably seen it too the pop-up sort of markets inside the restaurants you know just just in the dining room or whatever um I, i don't think anybody's doing that now because of how things are i'm not sure um but i love those ideas i think some of those things could could stick, you know, with with what's left of the industry when this is all said and done. The skeleton. Um, yeah. I, I read a horrible statistic this morning that potentially over a hundred and ten thousand restaurants or something will close uh, because of this, which is um, very yeah. very scary, dude.
1: That's scary. There's, and I always and I say the obstacle is the way. So whatever the challenge is now to your point is it is the way and so if you can if you can pivot and create another side of your business you know one other example comes to mind is the food trucks with online ordering so yeah. if they can find a way to efficiently do online ordering and that's going to stick around and if you can order ahead of a food truck because some of the hardest parts of food trucks it takes a while there's only so much space so you can get yeah. there and busy but using that technology and them having to force to learn that really quickly, um, is, I think it's going to be something that sticks around as well.
0: That's awesome. What What's the, I've seen you um, emailing about a particular online ordering system that people are using. Is it just here in Austin or can people use it anywhere in Texas? You,
1: you can use it anywhere. It's a street food finder, specifically for food trucks, though mobile food vendors, um, Got and it. they... Oh, it's
0: all. Oh, it's only for food trucks and mobile vendors. Oh, okay. That no, one is.
1: Yes, yeah. That's so cool. That,
0: yeah. That's cool.
1: And the the guy that created that is uh, named Nick, and he is uh, he developed it inside uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, for the food truck chamber association there, um, and so he's kind of a friend in the industry and in, in friendly terms instead of really gouging them on the the cost. So
0: yeah, he's kind of come out and
1: really you know try to help with that. But really any any system that works is good. So, and there's a couple other ones out there now that are all, you know, giving out freebies during this time. So people can go pivot to the online ordering.
0: Yeah. 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 You make a good point. Um, the online ordering is, is something that should stick with it. It does make it easier um, to get those orders out. Cause like you said, a food truck doesn't have much space. It just takes, a, it just takes a little bit longer to get food from a food truck, you know, than it does, you know, a restaurant or fast food, right? Bullshit. Um, yeah, it just does. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you can negate some of that, uh, time at the beginning, um, and just show up and get your food, that's way better. Um, you know, I remember when I had Boca, like I hated using these systems that were coming out because of the price gouging. I felt that they were doing you know, 30%, 33%, 35%. You're just like, holy cow, man. Like I can't, I can't afford this, you know, to, to. I, I mean, I was here when Uber Eats started and Grubhub and all that, we, you know, when I opened Boca, we did none of that existed. So I was there for the beginning of, and you were too, right? You got to see the whole process of this happening. And I remember thinking, God, is there no way if we all just stop using it, like we can try to get the percentage lower, but that never works. You know, nobody, uh, cause it works for some people, so they don't want to, you know, give up on it. Um, but yeah, man, those percentages can really kill. So if, if this street food finder is finding a way to make it easy and accessible for these mobile vendors and it's not, t- you know, killing the the cost of, the margin of each, you know, sale, that's a very good thing, dude. And that, that can absolutely um, help these vendors out. So I, I don't, what do you think about like Uber Eats and Grubhub and, and all these? Th-
1: the know? same thing. I mean, it's yeah. unsustainable um, to have that much of the margin taken. And it, that kind of spins itself into the whole ghost kitchen conversation. Yes. They're like, okay, we'll have these kitchens with no storefront and just Uber Eats and all these people just drive to one spot and, and deliver it. But they say the overheads less, but I don't see how that's true when you're giving away 30% to get it delivered. So I, I see that model working um, and there's one in town, actually in Austin, I think it's called SO, TSO. Yeah, yes, that. yes, so
0: yes,
1: they're, they're that's their model, but they deliver directly. I think that might be able to work, but the, the whole, um, you know, and on top of that 30% they're taking and they're also saying, well, hey, we're not even profitable yet. So I just yeah. don't see that and it is gouging, especially the small, small businesses.
0: I think the ghost kitchen idea isn't gone far enough yet. So I remember a few years ago, I read an article about a ghost kitchen that had opened up in Chicago and they did six concepts out of one kitchen and they created six websites and, you know, six menus, but you didn't have to create any backstory. It was just like Jim's pizza and, you know, whatever mama's Italian food, you know, just generic stuff. And they were killing it because that that's to me the best way to do the ghost kitchen is not just to have one concept out of it. You, you need to have, for, forget the no storefront. that That's great. I, I love all that, but you need more concepts in the kitchen. that That's what I think makes that work even more, you know, having multiple concepts in one kitchen and you, and if it's not working, dump it like it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you literally could just dump it. Um, You could build in that margin into that and maybe find a way to make it profitable, but you'd have to do a really good job on sourcing food because that's, and labor, labor is the killer of all restaurants. I mean, labor cost is just what kills things. Um, But if they could find a way for that, you know, push back that margin a little bit, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of pushback on the delivery fees and Uh, the percentage during all this and maybe when it's said and done. So it might get lowered. Um, It's going to have to, because like you said, you you can't, I mean, 30 something percent. That's just crazy, dude. You know, food places work on, I I don't even know under 10% margin. If that, you know, if you're lucky, if you break even, that's a success in the food business. If you're able to pay all your bills and get employees paid and you know, everything's you're happy. So You know, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a shit show. You know, it's it's it's, it's, industry for sure. Yeah. Oh, it is. Cutthroat dude. It's Super cutthroat. That's why I love it. Honestly, uh, the pressure, um, you know, about it. Well, I say, I love it. I'm out of it now. Um, (laughs) I'm on on the other side uh, of it now. Joel, have you ever worked? Did you ever work in any restaurants or anything like that? No.
1: I do not. I'm just a fan of the fan of the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, the best.
0: That's the best place to be is, yeah. is sitting at the table. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I got into
1: this. You know, I did insurance prior to really focusing on food uh, right after I got out of college for about five, seven years. Um, and around that time, the whole pivot came to be, and it's kind of, uh, you know, timely now is that the financial crisis happened back then. And, you know, so I was, I was doing a lot of home and auto insurance Well, people weren't buying homes anymore. So business was fine, but it just wasn't, there was nothing to grow with at that. point. It was on hold. So I kind of got interested in the food side of things when the food trailers were just starting to come about during that time. And so it's important to remember that, you know, that was a challenging time as well, but that's also what sparked all the amazing gourmet food trucks that came to be. So it's, you know, there's also opportunities that were hidden in these times. And um, so that's kind of I did that as a way to stay focused and grow and then it became my passion. And then I sold the home and auto and and focused on food full time, but started with the the passion for being a fan of the food trucks around here.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. And, and look, you, you recently have acquired with your wife as well, like your family, a couple of um, commercial kitchens, right? Is that correct?
1: Right. Yeah. We bought uh, capital kitchens from uh, Trish back in November
0: so and there's two there's two locations to capital locations,
1: kitchens yeah yeah there's south and then kind of a north central one
0: so what made you guys because <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a crazy thing to just take on you know yeah um
1: you know uh, the, a lot of the people in the kitchens were already insurance clients so i kind of had a feel for that um yeah. and just kind of the entrepreneurial spirit and be a little bit closer. To the food community through that. Um, and also, something my, my wife was interested in and, and could do um, where it wasn't a nine to five, but yeah. you, know, you could work and not necessarily set your own schedule, but for some part of it, you could. So, it was just a way to kind of have it. that experience and um, also, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, kind of help the local community, uh, food vendors. A lot of CPG companies are there, consumer packaged goods. So, just kind of helping and seeing them grow is a passion as well.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. I mean, I remember, um, so you've heard of RPM kitchen, the one with yeah. Robert and Max, right? Yeah. So the the P in there is Patrick. I was supposed to, um, start that with them. That was our intention, um, to, yeah. to get this commercial kitchen going. But I remember like we were going to have to sign a 10 year lease and it was just a lot of money to start throwing in. And I just remember thinking, Oh no, I'm trying to get out of this industry. Like I, forget this. I don't want to do it. Um, and you know, they're doing great now. I mean, well, with obviously the virus has slowed things down a little bit, but, um, you know, it opened up, it was great, but it's a lot of work, man. I I definitely, um, getting that going is it's, it's just a lot of work. You're dealing with a lot of people, a lot of personalities, um, you know, equipment going wrong or this, that happening. Right. And you got two locations, Um, and there's, their facility was brand new and they were still having issues, you know, it's just a tough business to be in, you know, running a kitchen is, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It it really is. It's a lot of work. But now, now you got mad street cred, dude, having the kitchen, (laughs) you know, you're doing the insurance. Okay, great. But now you got street cred running the kitchen. It's like, you know, you can completely relate to people now, uh, to what they're doing. Would you guys ever get a product or start a product or do something? I'm sure your wife has thought of that.
1: <laughs> We're staying pretty pretty busy these days, so I don't I don't think so at this point. Um, but you Maybe never later. know. Our, our partner with someone that you know has an idea or something like that. But I, I
0: knew it. I knew it. There's always a <laughs> Joel juice. I don't know. I just came up with it right now. Joel juice. I don't know what what that that doesn't sound that appealing, does it? Like, hey, let's get some Joel juice. Look at that it's mango. <laughs> Joel juice. Oh God. I shouldn't have said that. Hashtag Joel Juice. That's not good. That's not good. We'll
1: look back on this day as the founding founding time.
0: Yeah, founding time, exactly. Well, I want credit if you go on Shark Tank or whatever that show's called.
1: Yeah. I'll um, put it on record, you get one percent.
0: Yeah, there we go. Hey, I'm in the name. I'm in, dude. I'm in. <laughs> uh well, let's talk about um um so with the with the virus, right? That's that's obviously um, affecting what? What this is? This is something I've been trying to ask everybody. What? What was? Was there a point or a day or or an event or something where it just you knew that this was serious? That you know what I mean? That this was different than anything you'd been through. Was there any particular point like that for you?
1: Um, I think I think when I realized that we we're going to start doing home quarantine you know, not yeah. necessarily in Texas, but just in the United States in general. And, and, you know, I guess probably in Washington was first. I remember where it's like, okay, this is, this is going to get real.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh shit. We got to stay at home. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's when I started
1: preparing, you know, my account managers and things to be able to work from home and, and, you know, make sure that we had got
0: ready for it. Cause I knew it was just a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's never been any stay-at-home order. I mean, nothing like this has ever happened to anybody, um, you know, at this particular point. So it's, it's kind of hard to, like, get advice from people, like, of what to do because, like, nobody's been through a pandemic like this before. So, um, and being quarantined at home is really, I don't know, I guess it has its pluses and minuses. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend last night who was telling me that they're thriving right now. During all this, like for some reason, their their life is just like super great. You know, their wife's his wife's home working from home, so they get to be together. Their kids there. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm creative. I'm making music. You know, just a bunch of great stuff. Just telling me all these great things, and and he's just like, dude, I don't want this quarantine to ever end. And I'm just thinking, oh my god, like, <laughs> dude, I, I need this over yesterday. You know, I'm just thinking about my poor mother. She's she's quarantined alone can't be with anybody, you know, and has to be alone. I just think about all the people that are alone. My brother, he's single dad. So he's taking care of his kids alone, working from home alone and two kids that are uh, four and five years old. So a lot of energy, you know, I'm just thinking about all the people, right. Healthcare workers, nurses, doctors, nurses who are literally staying in hotels because they don't want to, you know, uh, affect their family or anything. So it's crazy how some people you'll talk to are doing great during the quarantine and and all this, and it's not an issue at all. And other people you talk to, it's just like, you know, the the end of the world or it's just, you know what I mean? Maybe not the end of the world, but definitely not thriving. um, For instance. So it is kind of interesting um, to see how it is for different people, you know, and, and how they sort of go with it. Do you know anybody that's, I mean, not have to name names or anything, but do you know anybody that's, that's sort of having a hard time through all this?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the the families that have kids and yeah. both parents work nine to five and they're expected to, you know, work from home. How they do they do that? Daycare. Yeah, yeah. What?
0: I mean, that's crazy. There's that, and of
1: course, though, obviously the health issues are the people like you mentioned that you know might be alone and can't, you know, have that interaction. So, one person, my grandma's uh, ninety five and wow. so lives alone. Um, She's lucky she lives in a community in the condo community that's just yeah. a normal condo. But people stop by. But you also have to be like, hey, don't stop by.
0: Don't stop <laughs> by. Yes. So totally. limited it to um
1: to, you know, a handful of her, her closest that also don't have to go to work. So they're retired. So they're just in the condo only. Whereas some people still go to work and come home. We don't you know, obviously want those people to stop by. But to her credit, she's uh sewing mass She's been sewing them with her quilting group the last about three weeks now just basically four or five hours a day just making masks in her in her house so and um that's awesome you know, back to that point it was like well we never experienced it before but there's a lot of hard things we've all experienced you know and sure. in, in sure. life and so we'll, we'll figure this out too and of course thinking of her generation and you know yeah. the and things like that that are just you know a hundred times worse you know than this sure. situation so sure absolutely it a little bit perspective
0: yeah, it's all about perspective, dude. Um, it just depends where you are and how, what your setup is. You know, that's yeah. that's really a, that's how that's what you're gonna think about this situation when you look back on it. You know, is is how you're set up. You know, so yeah, some people got it good, some people just didn't. But yeah, you know what? You just gave me a great idea, dude. Why don't we? All the grandmas of America should be knitting masks right now. There should be some <laughs> massive movement getting all the grandmas together superhero style just you know yeah. knitting knitting yeah. most of know. them have uh, sewing
1: skills for sure yeah <laughs> in <inspiration>. dude
0: absolutely <laughs> i know um you know r.i.p to my both grandmas otherwise i'm sure they 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 absolutely sewed they would have uh, jumped on this as well um my mom has really bad arthritis otherwise because she had mentioned that to me oh i would love to be helping and sewing some stuff but you know my hands i said mom it's okay don't you know don't worry about it. Look, the best thing you can do is just stay put and, you know, right. Do your thing. That's the best way to help humanity right now is is just staying put and um, flattening the curve. There you go. Yeah. That, that's literally the the best thing we can do right now. I, I'm so, you know, you, I don't know about you, Joel, but I see some people out not practicing, you know, this stay at home order. And it very much at first, I didn't really care about it too much out ever. It's free, you know, free, free country. I don't. I wouldn't want anybody telling me what to do. But as time goes by now and I start to see how serious it is and like my mom's getting tested for COVID today. So this is serious to me. You know, I am getting angry at people that are not starting to take this seriously. Like it's actually starting to bother me considerably and it wasn't before, you know. At what point do you have freedom? And then at what point... Is your freedom affecting my freedom now? You know, and my health. Um, so it's a—I don't know, man. It's a fine line. I don't know how you feel about those things. You know, we yeah, see pictures I, and stuff.
1: Selfish is how I feel about it. Yeah, you know, it selfish, selfish, right? To, to do, it, do it that way, and, and to your point, like some people don't have as bad as others, but we all have a part to contribute to this. And for some, like that couple that you know is thriving, well, their their opportunity may come when they need to help out someone else. You know they can do it you know donations for food or volunteer or whatever so we all have a part to play and and it 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 does bother me too because some people are drawing their you know their area of people taking care of is just their family well i think bigger than that you know i think well i gotta take care of my neighborhood then my city then my state then my country and then the world And just it feels like very narrow-minded to just focus on that just your own immediate self so that's i agree agree with you
0: I agree. It's really just needs to be a local thing. You know, we all look out for our community and our neighborhood and we'll be good to go. You know, we all look out for each other. That's really, it is the best way to get through this. Um, You know, and that couple that I'm telling you about, they are helping, you know, they're trying to do the best they can. And to be honest with you, I told them last night, I said, dude, I'm actually very happy to hear this. Like, because I hear a lot of sad stories. So it's very comforting to hear a positive You know, it's very comforting to hear that you are doing well and that you're not suffering through this because what do I want to hear that you're suffering through this? Like, no, you know, it was nice to hear, um, to be honest with you, but it it was different, you know, because a lot of people are just not having that experience. Uh, But again, it was nice to hear. uh, It's nice to hear some positive stuff through all this, right? Some hopeful stuff. We got to laugh, you know, as well, I think is important too. I, I try to laugh as much as I can through this. Um, that's just my personality in general, but even more so now, um, because if we don't keep our sanity, you know, we're, we're screwed, man. I, I don't know about you, but how long do you feel that we have to go in this fight? You know, I, I know that's hard to, to say, but as far as the lockdown goes, do you see us locked down for a couple more weeks or do you see us locked down for a couple more months or what do you think?
1: Uh, probably a couple more weeks, um, probably, you know, three more weeks and then go to phase two, which would be, you know, groups of 10 or less. And obviously, I feel like once it's it's the curve has been flattened a little bit, there's less people that have it obviously out there. But then we'll have a whole new set of consciousness that, yes, we're going to start going back to normal life, but, you know, we're not going to be shaking hands, We might be wearing masks, you know, all the time, you know, just different, different. Practices, I think once we're, we're now all consciously aware and we get to a phase where not tons of people have it, that you might get some, you know, some semblance of normalcy at that point. And then from there, you know, that, you know, I'm thinking about like the school year, which weighs heavy on me is like, how do we, how do you, you know, are we going to go back to school in August? Okay. Yeah. That's possible, I think. But then come October, we're probably going to spike again. We're going to be in quarantine again. So, and so then you'll be out, you know, say a month or two until the new year. And it's like, well, do we, you know, do you go back to school the new year and just have the same thing start again? So that part is what concerns me. You know, how do we get through that time period? And then, of course, the wild card is someone comes out with a treatment that can treat people that have it or if there's, uh, you know, a vaccine that can start to be used. So. Yeah. You know, I guess I, I kinda follow the the Bill and Melinda Gates model, what they're kind of projecting and kind of thoughts. And they have a, you know, probably the most experience out of anyone as far as studying this and, and dealing with it in other countries. Not necessarily COVID, but they've been working on polio and different diseases. So
0: Yeah, you're right. I saw um I, I'm I completely agree. I've been following um what they've been doing as well. And I've been watching Bill Gates's interviews the past, you know, week and a half. And I saw his Ted talk that he did like, I don't know, two years ago or two and a half years ago where he basically said this, <laughs> he basically predicted this entire thing. I mean, it's. Yeah.
1: I never, I haven't watched that Ted talk yet, but I did. I did hear it's it a live. little,
0: it's <laughs> a little scary, dude, to be honest yeah. with you. It's a little scary because everything he's saying, not everything, but you know, there's just a lot of points that, hit home like, yes, that's what's happening right now. Yes, that's what's happening right now. Uh, Same thing when I saw the movie Contagion, uh, the Steve Soderbergh movie, which I don't recommend people to watch. (laughs) It was a bad idea. It scared the living crap out of me because it was so parallel to what's happening. You know, virus starts in China, spreads on the planes, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, just exactly what's happened in the way they're shutting down schools and stay-at-home order and, Blah, blah, you know, same sort of thing. Obviously, it's a movie, so they take it to another level. It's far more fatal in the movie than than COVID is. Uh But the the, the panic is there, the anxiousness, the nervousness, you know, uh, the paranoia. It's, it's all there. And it was just very surreal, to be honest with you, watching that movie uh, again. People are saying, like, oh, don't watch Outbreak. I'm like, the little monkey movie? Like, that's not scary. That's not anything like what's happening like you can watch that movie that'd be like you don't watch transformers like it has nothing to do what's <laughs> with, with what's what's happening right now like like not at all uh but contagion that one seems more documentary like so it just uh was definitely stay away from that one that's all I'm saying yeah. that, and i, I kind of
1: kick myself like how did how did i not you know have this on my radar that this is something that could happen and i guess a lot of us are now <laughs>
0: oh i mean dude you know i mean you are in insurance so i'm just saying you're all about risk and uh you know no dude there's no way there's just no way man i mean yeah
1: even when i was in china when i first started you know it's kind of like oh that's you know that's not something that u.s needs to worry about it will get why why, yeah (laughs) why would
0: you ever think that right like there was no reason for you to ever think that there would be this happening. Nobody could yeah. have ever bet on this dude. Ever, 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 ever. Yeah.
1: And then South by Southwest, I remember people were still upset when that got canceled. Now that seems like, why were we ever thinking of having it?
0: Absolutely. Like honestly, South by... a, uh,
1: New Orleans or New York city or
0: yes, it would have been, it, it absolutely would have been. I mean, South by affected uh, me and my company, you know, uh, uh, a lot you know, my whole team was flying over from London, you know, I mean, interviews, everything set up for South, but just like a ton of people. Um, and we were all talking about, you know, should we come? What's going to happen? And I remember telling them, they're not going to cancel this festival. Like, are you kidding me? They're not, they never canceled this festival for anything. Like that's not happening. People get run over with cars here. They don't cancel the festival. Like it's going to happen. And, Sure enough, they canceled the that, – that, to me, was the wake-up call. When they yeah. canceled South by – because I was like, what? You, you just – like, the city spent, like, $300 million already. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, people's lives were ruined when that happened. You know, so many people relied on that money, you know, that big push of money to come out of the slow winter or whatever. Thinking about my industry, restaurant industry, of course. Yeah. Um, and just events booked and, you know, deposits and what whatever, you name it. That that to me was the, this is serious. But I remember telling them, oh, shit, they did cancel it. You know, I can't believe it. And, you know, they were still going to come. They were still going to try to come here and um, make things happen. And it, it was just a total, you know, nightmare, man. But to be honest with you, looking back at it, I'm absolutely a thousand percent glad we did not have South by like, Holy shit. It would have been the worst decision um, we, we could have made. And yeah, I, I don't even think about South by anymore. It's such a, it's such a small problem now in comparison. Right. You know, it's like South by what? Like I forgot about it even it's like, I'm just thinking about, the future now now, forget the past and anything that has happened i 'm just focused on what is going to happen and what what can we do um to move forward because my whole in my in my world and my bubble it 's crashing because my whole world is the restaurant industry, so to me it, you know it's- it's paralyzed it 's on its knees and it 's heartbreaking because every friend that I have is pretty much in the restaurant industry to be honest with you so everybody's dealing with some, you know, horrific problem, you know, again, no, no, nobody in the industry that I'm talking to is like, yeah, we're doing great. Um, sales are up, you know, nobody, I mean, it's like, so it's just, it's, it's a little depressing to be honest with you, you know, and it's just depressing, man. Like I I need to hear some good news like about the industry. I, I need to hear some good stuff that's happening. Like I need, you know, to know that, we're going to get through this. And, you know, and I know we will, right. It, it, we are going to get through this, um, but yeah. I guess just at what cost, right. It just, it just, I don't know, just bothers me. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think survival mode right yeah. now for restaurants and the, the, the silver lining is it'll be less competition. Yeah, you know? that's maybe, true. That's maybe, true. you know, if you can survive this, then you'll, you'll be on the other side with a, a large advantage. Um, especially if you can keep operating, keeping some, you know, some level of operation to get to the other side. But it, it is tough with, you know, the size of the overhead with rents and things, restaurants have very high rents. And so, you know, if, if there's not a way to, to work through that, especially if this is longer term, then you know, everyone loses. Um, and, you know, a lot of people that aren't affected now will will be affected, you know, as the triple down effect of all this. So, you know, we're all in it together. But on a positive note, I mean there there are some businesses, you know, that i think are, are doing you know like a uh, daily juice for example client they they um ship their produce door to door now kind of like you were talking about earlier as a way to pivot it to you know to get through this time and also deliver their juices as well so i like that, that that's one idea um, i like that so they're doing good and then it, you know if you can package your good in some way like you said that the kits are doing well um, and then lot of the mobile food vendors are some some of them are doing well that can go and pivot and go to you know whether it's a neighborhood or uh, apartment complex and go serve there so those are some you know highlights that they've been able to to accomplish sure um and then of course i mentioned earlier the consumer package good side of things um they're they're all doing fairly well so
0: that's interesting you know that's that's so interesting um yeah, God, that's so interesting. Um, well, I,
1: well, I got a question for you. What What do you think about the idea of these uh, drinks to go? If, if you can have mixed drinks from the restaurants that aren't don't have to be sealed, but could be you know sealed by the restaurant. You think that's uh, something that might
0: help? Um, <laughs>
1: have you seen the movement for that?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a dangerous slope, um, but. Yes, I think absolutely. During right now, I think they should be allowed to do it. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, you know, to be to be frank with you,
1: it's another another excuse to you know order out and support the restaurants.
0: Absolutely, restaurant it's it's, it's, inv- it's inventory that they have. You right. know, if we're really talking about helping the restaurants and help, yes, it's inventory that they have that they're they need to move as well and. It's another revenue stream. It's another add-on, right? That's what restaurants is all about. It's all about adding on. It's all about, okay, sir, you want to get the salad? Would you like to add this to it? Would you like to? That's what restaurants is about. I mean, that's that's how you make the money. So, yes, I, I think and out and liquor sales in particular has a great margin. That's one of the best margins you can have uh at a at a place is your liquor. So I think absolutely, dude. You know, plus it gives maybe the bar or restaurant will now have to maybe bring an extra person in like a bartender. Right. So it might even help bring in extra staff and employ more people. So yeah, I absolutely think it's something you can do. Plus who's gotten a margarita to go. That sounds awesome. Like I, you know what I mean? A couple margaritas at the house. Like I think it sounds great. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I think uh, now when this is all done, should we continue (laughs) to do it? No. No, not, not, <laughs> not, not a good idea uh, at all, at yeah. all. Now, now I'm not opposed to beer or, or do they do that already? Like beer and wine, you can get delivered just, just period? Can you do that? Yeah,
1: you know, like from a restaurant or from a grocery store?
0: Just, I guess, well, I, I guess not from a restaurant, but from a grocery store. Can you have that delivered?
1: Yeah, I've seen advertisements for it. Oh, you have? Okay, yeah.
0: okay. So yeah, I think letting the restaurant do it as well. Is not a bad idea. Like, I don't know about you, but I've, I I lived in Pennsylvania for a while um, near Philly and in Pennsylvania, and I know other States do it, Ohio, and I'm sure they're connecting States around there. You can get beer and wine to go from the bar. No problem. You know, when the bar's closing at 2am and you're headed home, Hey, you know what? Give me a six pack of yingling on my way, on my way out. No problem. I mean, it's it's completely legal there. In fact, you can't buy... That's where you buy six-packs and 12-packs and singles is at bars. The convenience stores don't sell them. You, you have to go to a specific place and buy by the case and buy in big quantities unless you go to a bar and buy it like that. So I, I don't see how Texas couldn't adopt that same sort of practice and, and let them continue to do that. But as, as far as like a mixed drink goes, definitely do not let them start Sending out mixed drinks when this is all said and done. Uh, I can see drivers, you know, yeah, uh, t- dipping into that. Like way Too easy. <laughs> it'd be way too easy, dude. I just think that would uh, yeah. absolutely happen. You know, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. I mean, look, at this point, I'm, I'm all for anything. I think there's no rules. I think it's time to take the gloves off. And I think, like you said, if you don't learn to pivot right now and adapt, you're done. you toast. It's just... I mean, the restaurant industry is all about adapting and pivoting, regardless. And we're fighters, anyway, from this industry, right? It, it, you know, we, we know how to get through things, tough times, work long hours, sacrifices. If if any industry can handle it, it's ours. You know, that's what we're all about. But um, you know, to to what extent? So, you know, I don't know, ma'am. It's a it's a it's a tough tough situation right now.
1: Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of people are talking about the industry changing as far as you know people not want to go out to eat. I, I don't think that's going away. I think we'll always you know people always want to go out and eat you know, but there's a, there's a lot of talk about that right now too, and I just think that's there's no there's no basis for that. We'll we'll find a way yeah. to get back to work, to you know having restaurants and busy and all that, but it's just a matter of time.
0: Dude, bar the bar or pub or whatever you want to call. That's like literally the first building humans made, right? Like (laughs) like that's literally the first thing they constructed. Like where can we drink, sit and drink? The bar and restaurant is never going away. No matter what. I mean, never, ever, 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 ever. It's a business that will always be around. Now, like you said earlier, you were talking about when things do open back up and we're able to go out. It's not going to be a rush to, you know, get everything and just, of course not. It's going to be a slow build. So, of course, restaurants and bars are going to have a, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a slow sort of build up to get people comfortable again. But then it will get back to actually more than what it was before. That's my guess, as I think it will be even more than before. I think people will go out even more. I think they'll spend more money. So I think the remaining businesses that, that have survived after the flood, if you will, they will do very well. In fact, that that is my guess. To be honest with you,
1: yeah, I think I think there will be a lot of pent up demand and. Yes. Kind of take it for granted. You could just you know exactly. go to the restaurant and how that makes you feel, even though you're with that one person, but yeah. just being around you know everyone is, yeah. is something you kind of take for granted and how we we crave that as people.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, man. What else do you think is taken for granted right now? That's a great point. What What else do you think is? I kind of touched on earlier
1: the the community aspect that we're all in this together and uh, we're all relying on each other, you know, during this time. So that you know that comes front of mind, Um, and just you know appreciate you know business wise, you appreciate your customers even more, and you can also empathize with them more. And it's a time where you know we're all in this together from that point of view too. So
0: yeah, for me, it's like whatever you bitched about before think about it now. Is it worth bitching about? You know what I mean? I think, I think it should put things in perspective for people. And I think it should really make you think what your life is actually about. What do you live for? When you get up in the morning, what is it for? And I think right now people are figuring that out. And that's a good thing in my opinion, you know, so.
1: Right. When you get, things get pulled away, like a time like this, you realize, you know, they get pulled away you so you didn't want it to happen so bad and that does and you realize what were they holding on to that for exactly uh, for sure and also it's an exciting time too for when there's this much rapid change it's kind of like when you move to a new city and everything's new you don't know anything you tend to learn a lot and grow a lot during those times too you know whether it's your business or personally or family or whatever it may be so yeah that's that's the other other kind of lesson that i'm trying to take in
0: that's a good point, man. And, you know, people can use this time to learn new things, new hobbies, new tricks, new, you know, play a new instrument, new language, um, you know, w- whatever it may be, a-, a way to, you know, expand you, you know your-, your mind, if you will, because um, I think mental health is one of the keys to everyone getting through this, you know, everyone right. ma- maintaining their mental health. Uh, because it could be very easy, enclosed, one place for a very long time, um, you know, can just drive somebody crazy. I mean, like you said, we, we, we need social, you know what I mean? We, we sort of need that. We need to be around people. I mean, it's just how we are as humans. So taking that away from everybody is very difficult, man. I mean, for an introvert, they're loving right now. Like, this is the good. They've been preparing for this their whole life. And yeah. it's like, this is great. But I for, count myself in that
1: category, but, yeah. um, but you know, you start to realize I'm, I'm never on Facebook and now I, I kind of crave it because that's the social interaction. <laughs> and, you know, I've talked to friends I haven't talked to in five years, you know, yeah. Zoom meetings, things like that, that you kind of all take for granted too. So I guess it's another benefit of all this.
0: That's true, man. I'm talking to people I haven't spoken to in a long time and, and having very deep, right, long conversations and, um, yeah, I almost, in a way, am busier now than I was before. I think like,
1: that's key, is to stay busy. Yes, you know, yes, whatever yes, whatever it is. And I've also seen a lot of uptick in myself as well, exercising more. Great you know, helps burn off the anxiety, feel better, all that. And so, yeah, you know, I've seen it in the uh, stock reports too that a lot of people are buying home home exercise equipment now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I I am not. I am actually developing a three month baby. Uh, currently um i'm at my second trimester and it is just building um you're not walking more outside i'm walking i have my dog so i have been taking them uh for walks but i don't know what's happening something's (laughs) happening since the quarantine i got the corn belly i call it it just i don't know what's (laughs) happening it's just building upon itself (laughs) i don't know um so i I need to work on that for sure and do some as vanessa told me do some do some sit-ups so, I guess I just need to do, do some sit ups and, yeah. and get that figured out. So, I don't know. It, it is tough, but you do have to stay active. Um, you know. Are, are you guys going out for walks and stuff? Do you guys go yeah. do, do stuff like walks that? Walks and black
1: like rides. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key. I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, dude, I did read about last night, and I don't know. I'm sure you read this too. I don't know what to think about this that a tiger at the Bronx Zoo was. <laughs> Did you read what what, tested positive for the coronavirus? Like, uh, you know, what does that mean? Do I need to be worried about my dogs now? You know?
1: Spreading it and mutating or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of, they didn't really give
0: much detail. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't give much detail. You're right. They got it. What does this mean? Yeah. Are your pets dying? Tune in at nine. You're like, what? Now, tell me now. (laughs) You know, like, why till nine? um So, yeah, it, you're right. They actually, at least the article I read, and I'm not saying I use the best sources, I try to, you know, whatever, but it said that potentially uh, a few more of the tigers could uh, also be infected. um And they said the zoo's been closed, uh, you know, so who infected this tiger? Like, and how close are you getting to this tiger to be able to infect it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on there? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know i don't know uh the good all news is the good news is tigers. tigers all
1: of a sudden because of uh what is it tiger king yeah tiger king it's, yeah yeah Now they're getting coronavirus <laughs> it's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> the good news is tigers social distance anyway like they're known to separate anyway so that's a good thing we don't have to worry about yeah. uh you know it, it must be meat or something that they got that scares me that's what worries me like how did they get it
1: well, I, I, glanced at the, I glanced at an article and it said that the the keeper Oh, yeah. the Keeper. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the, yeah. okay. So you got it from
0: the human. Okay. Understood. But either way, what's that Keeper doing to the Tiger? Like, how close is he getting to the Tiger? I'm, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm just saying. Somehow, yeah, there's some Tiger King shit going on up there, too. I don't know. <laughs> how else that, they could do a sequel. But it did worry me. It just made me think, um, should I take my dogs out for a walk? Is it, is that, where, that's where my mind's starting to go now with these things. Like, you know, what do I need to start pulling away? At, at what point am I paranoid? And at what point am I just being prepared? You know, yeah, it's a fine line that I'm sure everybody is dealing with. So it's a, it's a tough thing. But, um, well, Joe, what else, man? Do you have anything else that you wanted to um, discuss or talk about or mention?
1: No, I think the only thing is um, like the stimulus plan, you know, have a little bit of hope for that, obviously, there's been some delays out of the gates, but you know, some of these restaurants and businesses will get access to some of those funds, um, and that hopefully, you know, get us through some of the worst part. So there is some hope there, and um, so I just wanted to mention that. And, That's you true. Know, if, is that if people that, already uh... haven't looked into it to to start to look at that process? Although there's still a lot of confusion around it, there's also a lot of money being thrown around to try to help. So
0: is that the PPP? Program
1: the PVP, which is the payroll protection program. Um, so that's that's one piece, and that piece has some forgivable aspects to it, so it's a loan that can be forgiven. And then there's an SBA, straight up loan, that can be applied disaster loan. And there is a portion of that, about 10,000, that's quick and and basically been said to be forgivable. So there's that aspect that a business could possibly take advantage of. Um, but you know. Right now it's all in theory and people are applying and probably this week we'll start to see some, some results from that. That may help, you know, pay some bills, pay some rent, get some people hired again, potentially. So that's, that's a little bright spot.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think the idea behind it, right, is to just make sure you continue to pay your employees and have a, a job for them so that when we do open back up, you're able to just rock back into it. Right. Because otherwise, it could be de, de, you know destabilizing uh, in some way. So, okay, that is good. That is um, Those are two good things for sure. Yeah, the stimulus loan, for sure. Plus, and just the, everybody's getting, some, well, not everybody, but people are getting some stimulus checks, so that might help some people that have lost their jobs, you know, to help. Uh, and unemployment too, I think, is offering some additional benefits and extending the time that you can have um, unemployment. So that'll be good for a lot of people that, you know, lost their jobs. Um, So, yeah, I guess there's definitely some positive things um, for sure. I mean, look, as far as I've seen, the restaurant community here in Austin and Texas in particular has been amazing. Everybody's been looking out for each other and posting and supporting and, you know, trying all different things to support one another. Um, And it's been great to, to see that, to be honest with you. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, we got to end on a positive note for sure. Yeah. T- tell me something <laughs> positive, Joel. Get end us on a positive note. Something positive.
1: Uh, what else is positive? I don't um know. I don't know. that's probably the best one I got right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, those are that's money. You're basically just talking about money to people. So that's a that's definitely a positive. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a lifeline and it can get people to the other side. You know, yeah. business that was struggling prior to this, you know, it's probably not enough. But um for those that, that want to keep Keep going and pushing. Um, you know, you could have a really large loan, but is your is your business worth worth saving for that loan? And so people will self select that and get them to the other side. So
0: that makes sense. If your business wasn't doing well before, it's not like this is going to save you. It's more for if you were rocking before, keep on rocking, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, that that makes sense. I, I didn't think about it that way. Um, well, good, man. That's a good, um, positive thing to end on for sure. Well, look, Joel, um, again, man, I I know it's crazy times and I know you're super busy and got a lot going on. So I really do appreciate you taking the time, uh, to talk to us today and just kind of, you know, give us your insight on things, man. It's been great talking to you.
1: Likewise. Pleasure to talk to you, Patrick.
0: Absolutely, dude. Well, good, man. Um, look, take care of your kids today. Say hi to your wife and let me know if you need anything, man. If there's ever anything, anything you need, you please let me know.
1: All right. You do the same.
0: All right, brother. We'll be good today. Stay safe. Wash your hands. <laughs>
1: Hopefully, I didn't touch my face during the whole interview. Yeah, Wait. you didn't. I think video I will did. Tell.
0: I think I did. Yeah, video. I sat, will tell. I sat on them all time, so I wouldn't. <laughs> That's a good
1: <laughs> That's idea. A good example.
0: That's a good idea. All right, brother. We'll be right. good, man, and stay safe, bus. All right. Talk to you later. All right bud. Bye for later. All right, guys. Hope you really enjoyed that episode of the Lone Star Plate podcast. Make sure if you have any questions or concerns or suggestions, email me, Patrick at texasrealfood.com. Ask me anything about the podcast or anything about food, and I'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, and don't forget to uh, like and share on uh, social media. Um, you can also listen to the podcast, um, you know, on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. You can view it because yeah, we're filming this. It's on YouTube. Uh, so go to Texas Real Food. Um, and you can listen to all that. And it, just overall information about the podcast, go to thelonestarplate.com. And that'll give you all the information you need um, about the podcast. Okay, so. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Keep six feet away. And stay at home. We'll talk later. Peace.